We know you have lots of questions. If you think that you've developed symptoms. Should I avoid large public gatherings? Whether schools should be closed. Welcome to Common Sense. Here we address your questions about COVID-19 with interviews featuring experts in medicine and leaders in community, public, and global health. Here's your host, Dr. Ted O'Connell. Welcome to the podcast, COVID-19, Common Sense Conversations on the Coronavirus Pandemic. I'm your host, Dr. Ted O'Connell. My guests today are Matt McNally and Laurel Timms, co-owners of Laurel's Catering in Napa, California. They have a really interesting background story. So instead of doing the usual biographic introduction, I'm going to allow them to do their own introduction and kind of tell you the backstory. So Matt and Laurel, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So can you tell us, uh, the audience, a bit about your backgrounds? And uh, Matt, I know you have a background in advertising, that uh, an entire career in advertising prior to um, your move into becoming a chef and caterer. Yeah, that's right. Um, my first job was at a kosher deli catering restaurant in my hometown and Randolph, Mash, which is a uh, South Shore of, uh, of Boston. And uh, I worked as a dishwasher, busboy, did all the grunt work, started to do some assistant chef work, kind of learned the business, learned all the, the kosher foods. And that was my introduction. I also had uh, an uncle who had a catering company and worked for him on some of the catering, his catering jobs. And he had a, a commissary. So I did some of that work as well, doing breakfasts and all types of different work. So that was my introduction. I didn't pick that up again until many years later. I, I uh, went to school and my stepdad was involved in public relations for Blue Cross Blue Shield. And he got, kind of got me interested in, in the advertising field because he worked with some agencies in Boston. Um, one of which became very popular called Hill Holiday. And he would tell stories about Hill Holiday, how these guys had uh, started from nowhere and became the agency in town uh, by the time I was graduating college. So I, that's something I pursued after college and uh, did for the next 22 years in Boston and then San Francisco. So that I didn't start getting into the catering world again until... I started working with Laurel, who uh, would work temporarily with uh, a, a catering company in San Rafael. And I would work with her on the weekends and sometimes uh, after my agency job and started to do that type of work in addition to the agency work. And it was pretty busy there for a couple of years. Laurel started the company, the catering company, Laurel's Catering, in 2007, right? Okay. 2006, and we started doing some small jobs on our own, kind of did weekend work, and just, I was still working full-time at the agency, and finally, at one point, it was just, we were getting a lot of work with the catering company, so we left it. I left the agency full-time. We became partners, started the catering company, and we were off. That was the beginning, and we've been... We started doing uh, work for startups, doing corporate uh, launches for, for some of these startup companies in San Francisco. As they grew, we grew. We we had one account that uh, became 
uh, a real high tech leader that uh, just took off and we, we kind of took off with them. And we, through word of mouth, we got other accounts and that's pretty much how it began. And that was, uh, yeah, that's been a while, a lot of catering jobs ago, but uh, we've never looked back. That's a great backstory. So it sounds like you kind of got seduced by the Mad Men aura about advertising that you had been, um, about stories that had been told through your family and, and then got seduced by Laurel and, and made career shifts in those two realms, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I would, the, <laughs> the ad world just seemed so glamorous to me. I, I started to do some informational interviews. I had been on other interviews at the insurance company type places where it was just more standard work. And then I would go to some of these agencies and you'd meet all these interesting people. And the, it just seemed, you know, I was just wowed by it. Um, didn't know how it would break in. It's, it's really competitive, especially when you're just coming out of school and you don't have any experience and you, you're really not bringing much to the table. But uh, I managed to talk my way into this one job um, didn't pay a lot of money as a, as a traffic manager, which was kind of scheduling the jobs for the agency, working with each of the departments. And uh, that was the intra- entry into that field. And um, it, from there, I kind of transitioned from traffic management to production management, which had to do with uh, producing print ads mostly, working with vendors, creative department, media department and uh, accounting account department um account management so I, I learned from all of those departments and just how an office works because i had no office experience whatsoever i had you know my background at that point and the when i started in the early 80s or mid 80s was uh was all about the food world which is a whole different environment so it was a bit of a shock but uh little by little I, we got a little better at it and um stayed in that field for up until 07. Great story. Um, So Laurel and and Matt, my goals kind of for this episode are to talk about how the pandemic is affecting the food industry and restaurants and catering. Uh, We see stories in the news about food items such as milk and eggs going bad because the supply chains in our country are not functioning well and, and Food, in some cases, can't leave the factory or farm and get to go where they need to be, whether it's uh, restaurants or grocery stores. Are you seeing this on the front lines of your industry? I've noticed that the egg situation has been pretty tough. So we, uh, you know, we we haven't had Laurel's found a good workaround. She she finds some of these artisan people that, you know, we've got an egg person, we've got a bread person, we've got people throughout Napa that she's made contacts with that we don't have to rely on our standard lines of, uh, of supply. So she just recently got a couple dozen eggs as you, uh, from what, from a friend just down the street and we've been okay. And we're not, we're a boutique place, so we're not looking at the same kind of volumes that you know the restaurants are or the, or the larger caterers. So we managed to escape some of those struggles, um, at least up till now. Um, so that that hasn't been as much of an issue. Paper towels was a big issue. We go through a lot of those, and we couldn't, you know, we had to get to Target at seven a.m. to get in line to get our paper towels because we we use those pretty pretty regularly. Um, 
but they we haven't really been impacted that much uh, by some of the shortages that have affected the, the restaurants. Okay. Um, can you tell us how the COVID pandemic has affected the catering business as a whole? Yeah, we were uh, just prior to this, this hitting, we were doing some work for a country club uh, that had a, a pop-up restaurant. So we had a contract with them to provide um, restaurant services. We'd, I'd come in as a chef. Laurel would be working with the front of the house. And we, we did a few dinners for them during the week. And we were... It was a contracted thing through the month of month of March. Um, so we had heard rumblings that you know this they were starting to starting to shut down some of the public venues, and uh, we were kind of wondering just you know when the last job's going to be because everything's closing around us. We worked a St. Patrick's Day job. Uh, we had the corned beef and cabbage and the shepherd's pie, and we we're plugging along there and the manager said this you know we had something scheduled for the following day and they said that's it we're pulling the plug and uh that was our last our last public job on saint patrick's day since then you know we had some cancellation uh right around that time we had jobs catering jobs scheduled and uh they were all canceled and you know we had things lined up and it just came to a, a grinding halt pretty quickly um and so it's it's been tough trying to figure out how we can generate enough business to keep the company going. But we've gone the delivery route and we set uh, set that up almost immediately. We've been doing daily deliveries for existing clients, and uh, we've done we did uh, some work with Memorial Hospital in Santa Rosa. Uh, Laurel's stepdad was an ER doc for a retired ER doc. He was there for 39 years and really wanted to contribute uh, to the hospital because since they're working, you know, they're working around the clock and he kind of sponsored a, um, a baby back rib dinner uh, for about 30 of their, of the personnel there. So we've done two of those drop-offs just this week, um, packaging individual meals for a couple of the shifts, uh, the night shift and the day shift the other day. So that's a whole new whole new thing for us. We we did some of that in the past, but it was never on this scale. So we kind of have to retool and figure out just how we can generate enough income to keep the business going. Because you know our bread and butter are small small events, parties, you know, gatherings of 15, 20 people for birthdays, anniversaries, whatever the occasion is, memorials, any uh, christenings, any kind of get together. Uh, that's used, that's what 80% of our business was, um, up until St. Patrick's day. So we're, we're trying to figure it out uh, how, just how we can build up the delivery business. If we want, if it makes sense for us, it's, it's, you know, we've, our business, even with that is long, the, uh, the hours that we work there, it's still probably a 70, 80% drop in, in revenue for us. So it's, it's been a real hit. Um, but we're working it. We're trying to figure out, uh, just the right mix. If we can do set something up where we're doing deliveries to maybe, a, you know, we can do some scale at a, at a hospital or, or corporation or something. That's just where we can do the kind of volume that's required and also do some deliveries and just for a, a, a daily kind of a thing. 
So it, it's it's been tricky. Um, it's been a big challenge, but we've been fortunate that we're not really impacted as much as some of the restaurants are that have the large overhead and the and the umpteen employees. It's it's you know we're we're a smaller place. We're we're, we're a lot more lean. So we don't have a, as big an operation to uh, to take care of, um, but it's yeah it's 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 been a challenge. But it we're it's still fairly new, and we you know we we think we can make it we can make it work if we just find this right combination of delivery, uh, drop off, whatever we can do to find the right type of mix to keep the business going. That's a tough situation, and I, I feel for your bo- for you both. Um, how long do you think you can make this last as a bridge? You know, doing delivery and and very small events like that as a bridge to getting through to you know to being able to start up your catering company again. I think we can go a couple a couple more months, um, maybe a few more months. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got we're fortunate. We we've been in business for 13 years so we have some savings um you know we're we're not we're not uh day-to-day kind of uh paycheck to paycheck kind of a situation so we've got some cushion there uh but we we don't want to go through savings either you know we've got we bought a home in napa a few years ago and we've got a mortgage and we've got the things we got to take care of so it's uh we should be okay for a couple, three months, and if if we're seeing that it's there's not the bounce back when the shelter if the shelter in place, uh, you know when it goes back to normal, you know quote unquote on normal and and businesses are reopened, we don't we're not sure what the bounce back is going to be. How how eager the people that usually hire us are going to be able to hire us or willing or just or are going to be too afraid to have these gatherings. I mean we. We work in tight knit clustered groups. That's that's how it's been for you know since we've started this company. We work in um, we do a lot of work with a at a uh, ten bedroom estate in Calistoga. That's what's become probably thirty percent of our business. And those would be the vacation by rental, uh, vacation rental by owner rather. And they would come in groups of 15, 20 people, and they'd stay for you know two three days over a week a long weekend. And we would do three or four jobs for them, and those were great. Those, you know, those that was kind of a regular thing for us. And they were, they weren't afraid to spend money, and and everybody benefited. We get to hire lots of people. We got contracted uh, bartenders, servers, assistant chefs, and uh, it employed a lot of people. It took care of some business. Every, you know, they were happy. We were happy, and uh, we can't hire those people now, and we're not sure. When this is over, you know, when the shelter in place ends, how eager these people are going to be to to have that type of party again. You know, is it are they going to be doing the birthday events? We just don't know. Are they going to? Science, science, science. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes. Mm. 
join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. You know, to have a cocktail party where, where people are, you know, anyway. six feet away, or it's just, we're just so used to these just tight knit, everybody gathering into the kitchen to break bread and just, you know, socialize. So we're not sure what that, you know, I don't think anybody really knows how that's going to work uh, once this is, once that period ends. Wow. Yeah. That, it's that uncertainty I'm sure is unsettling besides doing these deliveries and small orders. Do you see opportunities to ramp up into some other type of work or are you hearing and seeing things being done by other caterers or, or restaurants that, that may be a viable alternative? Yeah. As a matter of fact, Laurel has gotten involved with uh, some candy distribution. Around. <laughs> She's been the C's candy representative lately. She, uh, she got, had one client that wanted some uh, chocolates for mother's day. And before you know it, she, bought a bunch of that a bunch for of Easter chocolate right boxes oh for easter sorry i'm sorry that's right for easter and uh that became a you know a, a different way to to service a client she also does some deliveries for does grocery deliveries for one of our clients that's a weekly thing so we're still trying to get the food to the customer um that hasn't changed so we're, we're you know if we can do grocery deliveries, if we can do candies or something or something that they don't normally get on their own um, because they're just they want to do the shelter in place, um, that's a service we can provide. I don't I'm not sure I mean to generate some income, but it, it's certainly not what we're used to as, as caterers. Uh, it's a supplemental thing. We got to think of you know, if we can't get big revenue streams from one source, we got to just figure out, get it, you know, how we can get multiple sources to make it work, to kind of make up the difference. So we're scrambling. We, you know, we, we, we're coming up with ideas. We're thinking, you know, we've been doing these baby back rib deliveries that have become popular. And we're thinking, well, maybe we do a takeout rib place or just something like that. It's just, we got to start to think out of the box we've been so lucky that we we've had we haven't had a solicit work for for years because it's been word of mouth it's been repeat business we have a pretty regular client base so we haven't had to go on google or you know just look and advertise it's kind of come to us so we've been spoiled a little bit we're also looking at now, maybe we want to do a farmer's market, get involved, have a stand at the farmer's market and get our our name out there. Um, so we're we're considering any kind of uh, any kind of new way to make this happen. But it's it's been it's it's kind of a wait and see. I mean, how we're, we're kind of dependent on just how's the how's the public going to react? You know, are they, are they ready to embrace catering as a whole or is that just something that's going to be very specialized i don't think it's, it'll disappear altogether but i i just don't know how common it's going to be or if you know or if it's going to be a type of event where people are keep keeping distance and there's smaller events and if, if it's smaller if we're doing 10 people instead of 30 people 
you know, we're we're probably going to have to do higher end food because we're we're going to the margins aren't going to be the same. If we can't do it in volume, we got to we have to do it, you know, with with the higher priced items. So it's it's kind of learning. And I'm, you know, I don't have a, a background in, in this. Um, you know, I'm I'm used to cooking all day, but now we have to think about how do we make this work with uh, the conditions we're confronting now. And we're kind of in a wait and see. At the same time, we're we're attempting to try some things and just trial and error. What, what's working? What's where are we getting the the most money? Where, where how can we be efficient? So it's uh, it's finding that right mix, and that's that's what we're looking to do. And forcing a lot of creativity, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean that that might be something that's a a positive when you know we haven't really thought about. We've just been so busy working, occupied with the next job, the next gig that we haven't looked, taken a real long term stand. And you know, where where do we want to be? Five years from now, you know, what, how do we uh, how do we figure out those solutions? If you kind of get so occupied with the day to day, you're not really thinking long term. So we'll hopefully figure it out. Can you tell us a bit about the competitive landscape uh, now that restaurants are doing takeout and delivery to try to keep their own businesses afloat? And you know that kind of a I don't want to say encroaches, but that you're now working kind of in the same um, area that they are. So, so how do how, what what is that looking like? Yeah, it uh, that was used to be a selling point for us that we would because we did a lot of vacation rental by owner type of work. We would sell ourselves, you know, pitch it that this is the alternative. You don't have to go out. You don't, you know, you want to be with your your group of people and not have to worry about driving and, and, you know, waiting for tables and that kind of thing. And, um, we we're the alternative. We'll bring the restaurant to you. And now that that's not the case, we we're we're in direct competition with them. I think there's enough, you know, there's enough people that, uh, we can be part of that pie, but that's, they are doing the same thing. There's an overlap there. They're doing deliveries. We're doing deliveries, and that that was never really a the case, you know, back before this happened. So um, we've got to figure out. Uh, it, it's also not just the the clientele, but the personnel. You know, now we need to find people that aren't working in that delivery capacity. You know, there's a lot of a lot of chefs looking for work out there. And, you know, we had one chef that we were, I think I mentioned the Chefs United uh, attempt that we made where we were working with another chef and trying to do a collaborative effort where we could build a business and, and do deliveries. It, it worked for a little while, but uh, we weren't generating enough business. So that chef uh, was a CIA trained, excellent guy, excellent chef. Um, he went to work for Whole Foods because he has a wife and a young, you know, a small family, and he needed the income, the the benefits, and we we couldn't really provide that at at the stage we were at. I mean, it, that might happen down the down the road, but he he needed something a little more solid. So there's a a definite mix up in you know who who do we hire? How do we find the right people to to service this kind of work? Because everybody's scrambling right now. Right, it, it's a, a big displacement. Absolutely. So you mentioned this initiative with Chefs United trying to work with another chef to to collaborate and, and do deliveries. Are there 
other any other ways that you see people in your industry working together to try to make it through this unusual time? I think that's an opportunity that we haven't really explored yet, but th- because there are so many so many of these talented people that just might not, you know, there's been so many layoffs. I, I think there's got to be some kind of collection. There's, we we have work out of this um, kitchen we rent called Kitchen Collective, and it's it's artisans that we have. Someone comes in and does bagels, and someone comes in and does their whatever their whatever they're selling to the public. I would love to see some kind of collaboration where we can all produce food in volume, and then just find a way to get that to. It's almost like you need somebody that receives it and distributes it on their end, like a neighborhood leader where, okay, I'm going to provide 25 meals to this elderly community in this neighborhood. And I'm going to pick it up three times a week. And we've got, you know, our bread person, our dessert, our pastry chef, our, and whatever, whatever their particular specialty might be, if they can all kind of collaborate, have it like on a regular basis. uh, I think that's, a potential, potentially a, a very uh, that could help us and the and the community. It's um, it's not something we've done yet, but I, I just think there's got to be a new way to deliver the product. It's, instead of doing these individual things, if it can be something we can scale up. The part, the big issue is just you know, everybody needs everybody's having their three squares, um, but how do we get it so we can distribute to like a mass audience at once without being having those same people in the same location in the same environment. So uh, I, I'd love to see more of that. I, I think there's got to be some kind of a leadership thing where we get that group of people together. We find a, a willing audience that would, you know, work with us on a regular basis. So it's not just this gig driven thing We're we're so used to chasing the one job. If we could just kind of get it systemized where we're delivering 50 meals to these same 50 people three times a week or however many times a week it is, that that could be a new way to, to figure this out. I haven't done that yet, but uh, we're still figuring it out. That's one way it could happen. Yeah, it's a, that's a really interesting idea and an interesting way to bring the community together and to you know, help those, especially the elderly who are, are really homebound and um, either in nursing homes or even in their own homes and, and not being able to get out safely even to the grocery store. So um, we're going to include your um, catering company's website in the show notes. But if there's anybody out there listening who likes this idea, who wants to collaborate, who wants to help out with this community initiative and is in your area, want to encourage them to to reach out to you directly is through the the catering company's website the best way to do that or is there a, a better way matt that would be the best way through through laurel's catering yeah that would that would be uh that would be optimal okay so laurelscatering.com we'll make sure that is included in the show notes as well um Matt, Laurel, one of the things that I've been doing with each of my guests on the show is asking if they would like to give a shout out to any local businesses or local restaurants where people might consider doing some takeout. You you happen to be in this industry, but you know, you clearly have demonstrated how much small businesses like yours are suffering during this time and 
that's affecting not only the business owners, but the employees as well. So in your community, in your industry, are there any businesses or other catering companies or restaurants or anything like that that you would like to give a mention to to help encourage people to support their businesses? Yeah, we have a, a, a friend, a very talented chef at uh, Stone Brewery, and they do some excellent takeout food. We, we uh, order from them pretty regularly. That's right on uh, Soskal. Another restaurant we really like is called Compline, which is downtown. And we spoke with the owner just the other day and, and kind of exchanged war stories. And uh, they have excellent food. Maybe the best burger I've ever had in my life was at a, that restaurant at Compline. And that, those are a couple. I know Tree, any others you can think of, Laurel? Angel. Angel, yeah, another one. French bistro food um, is really good. And then... Uh, uh, yeah, Bouchon. Uh, Bouchon. I was going to say Bowie Bistro. Oh, yeah, Bowie Bistro. Yeah. Everybody's getting in the in the delivery game, and there's just a lot of talent out there. Just some just great chefs, um, and I'd I'd love to see them. Uh, I, I just hope they don't, you know, suffer too much through this period. Um, restaurants are so hard and competitive, and you don't operate on on great margins in a good environment. And then you have something like this thrown into the mix. It, it's just devastating to a lot of places. So yeah, whatever we could do to support those companies we mentioned would be, would be great. And you'll get some great food. I can promise that. Okay. So if anybody is in, you know, our audience is, is in the area and wants to help support those restaurants, that would be great. We'll make sure that gets into our social media and also into the show notes you know, it's interesting you bring up Stone Brewery has an outpost started and down in San Diego. So yeah, um, we'll hopefully be able to get some attention there. Bouchon, I know, I don't know what's happening with their restaurant in Vegas since Vegas is largely shut down, but they do have an outpost there. So um, I know our audience is spread far and wide, um, but please do consider giving these restaurants a bit of support by doing takeout. Matt, Laurel, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to share your story with us and, and give kind of a firsthand account about how businesses in your industry are being affected by this pandemic. Uh, I hope you're able to keep pushing forward and keep the business afloat. And um, hopefully by being on the show, that will give you a little bit of attention and maybe some additional business. Um, but thank you for, for being part of this story. No, thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, we hope to just keep our clients happy and, and get through this stretch. And uh, we appreciate all the help you've given us with this uh, podcast effort. Absolutely. Stay safe, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. If you have questions about COVID-19 that you'd like discussed on the podcast, send an email to info at arslanga.media. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Be vigilant, but remain calm. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.